0: Welcome. Listeners of the podcast who have been with me any length of time will be to some degree aware of my reasons behind doing this podcast and some of the different sources of inspiration that I drew upon when coming up with the concept of Baked and Awake. However, at a moment like this, I find myself reflecting upon (laughs) such matters, especially as I prepare to bring you today's episode We're streaming live on YouTube today and bringing you all a very special guest. A bona fide celebrity, and in my opinion, a person whose contributions to society will continue to be viewed as only growing in stature the longer he lives and continues to bring his unique comedy and social commentary to the world. Indeed, I'm just as confident that in the years and decades to come in the future by his Works and in people's memories, that the legacy of Tommy Chong and his lifelong artistic expression as one half of the legendary comedy duo Qich and Chong will be one that will stand tall and proud for devotees of the plant everywhere. I say without hyperbole that Chichen Chong's lovable stoner characters were and remain crucially important archetypes in breaking down and putting to rest the antiquated notions of cannabis users being dangerous, unhinged psychopaths in the making. During the early 1970s, as Cheech and Chong released their first comedy albums to a public who probably only dimly suspected what they were about to hear, America and the world largely still regarded smokers like you and I, in such dangerous terms as I've described. The manic characterization put forth in 1936's Reefer Madness had taken a firm hold in the imaginations of members of straight-laced society and had by then been relentlessly drilled into the psyches of every young person growing up in the post-war era. However, by lampooning themselves more honestly and rigorously than even their most ardent detractors, the duo of Cheech and Chong in some ways snuck up on the world and made people love them, despite their obvious passion for what many of them still thought of as the devil's lettuce. As Cheech Chong became first household names, Later verbs, let's go cheech and chong out back, man. And finally, adjectives, are you cheeched or what? (laughs) Everyone who had ever been exposed to their comedy had been infected in a way like a virus, but perhaps more accurately, like a meme. They did this in what, looking back at it now, I still think it looks like it was like a vacuum. Name a more iconic weed culture duo from the 70s, 80s, or 90s. I'll wait. Cheech and Chong released their first album in 1971. I wasn't born until 1974, so by the time I was old enough to understand who Cheech and Chong were, they were already so far past their initial rise in popularity that even as small kids who certainly had never even seen someone smoke anything other than maybe a white owl cigar, we nevertheless did know who Cheech and Chong were. As my generation grew up and eventually started to experiment with social drinking and finally smoking, we would, as if of one mind, perform credible-sounding impressions of Chong's shaggy-esque drawl, as well as Cheech Marin's Chicano bravado. Quoting, but much more often misquoting, bits from their iconic movies as we would engage in the rituals, preparing to smoke, the act itself, and during the enjoyment of its effects. At after-work gatherings, someone loudly calls through a closed apartment door, stoner mating call of, Dave's not here, man, to any knocks, or jumping in the car after a session before taking off out of the spot, turning to their driving partner and giving them the old, hey, man, am I driving okay? To which a a loyal friend could be relied upon, quickly rejoining, I think we're parked, man. (laughs) Some members of the audience can be forgiven for thinking that line came from the latter-day classic, Super Troopers. But I think it's fair to say we know where the hilarious and creative people at Broken Lizard drew that little moment of inspiration from. Similarly, I'll say that every comedian, musician, YouTuber, or indeed podcaster who's walked in Chichin Chong's footsteps over the past 40-some years owes them a deep and direct debt of gratitude for forging a path that others have been making their careers on ever since. Tommy Chong has seen a lot in his time on earth and in the public eye, including the inside of a federal prison where he spent nine months serving a sentence for supposedly illegally shipping poisonous spike-covered weapons-grade bongs. This is something I kid about but only because we must laugh at some things. Because not to laugh at them is to perhaps cry at the absurdity of a so-called justice system that makes such a thing even possible. Tommy himself may tell us today not to pity him that his time under incarceration was one of reflection and personal growth. He may also tell us that he met a few people inside that were serving much longer sentences than himself and for far less damnable offenses. You've been subjected to this long introduction because today, as I prepared for this show over the past couple of weeks, I realized in a very real way, I owed a lot of my personal sense of pride at being a cannabis user and indeed my inspiration to stake my claim in the podcasting space at all as a cannabis associated personality or brand, that this in no small part came from Cheech and Chong teaching the whole damned closed-minded world that stoners are people too. I'm worked up, right? (laughs) Guys, I can't wait any longer to meet this man and to introduce you to him uh, and to hear more from him. ourselves about the adventure that surely must be being Tommy Chong. Tommy, please join us when you're ready. Great to see you, sir. Great to see you. Uh, we did. And uh, I uh, hope you don't mind uh, having sat through that recitation of, uh, you know, just not even the highlights of uh, your career, but uh, just probably the stuff that most of us might most closely associate you with. Um, Of course, none of us know what you hold nearest and dearest to you. That
1: that, that was a very nice introduction. Brought back a lot of uh, of nice memories, you know. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I I forget that it's been so long (laughs) ago, you know. Uh, because it, it doesn't seem like long ago to us, right uh, you know uh, but yeah my, my son was was born in 1974 and uh, he's my manager now and so it took you know almost 13, 14 years before he really understood who, who his dad was you know Wow. In fact, when we moved moved up to Canada right after, I guess, I forget how old he was. He was about seven or something like that. Uh, We told him, you know, we're moving in this new neighborhood and not to tell anybody who your father was. Oh, wow. And and so one morning we woke up and there's a horde of kids outside the door. And my son had found out that... uh, that the the record albums that, that that big collection of record albums was worth a dollar a piece because that's that's what he was selling them to the neighborhood wow. kids and we said we told you not to tell anybody you know oh but he did
0: chung. oh but he did
1: and no he said I didn't say he I didn't say he was chung I said he was Cheech. <laughs> That's great!
0: <laughs> oh wow! Well,
1: uh, we laugh so hard at that. Uh,
0: you couldn't, so even, be still, couldn't even be mad at him. Couldn't even be mad. No, you're
1: still. We're still laughing at. You know, no, I, 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 I very seldom get mad at my kids because they're they're always usually right. You know, it's, I'm I'm usually the one that's wrong. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Well, it's good you know to listen to them, right, and take take their yeah. lead where they where they can lead for you too. So, uh, you, yeah. you're a, I mean, you're a grandfather more than once over by now, aren't you? Maybe a great grandfather by now.
1: I'm a great grandfather.
0: That's right. Yeah, I've
1: got two uh, great grandkids. I think six, either six or eight. I don't know. Great right. grandkids.
0: Big and, family. Uh,
1: yeah, and and it's and, and they're the joy of my life. I got to tell you, you know, I love. I can, you know, I used to see grandpas get all excited mm-hmm. when they saw their grandkids, and now I know why, you know, because yep. grandkids are the only ones that really take time to listen to grandpa. Oh wow, that's <laughs> nobody great. Nobody else, nobody else really, you know, because you know, adults, you know, that's true. Knows, but but grandpa they always got something to show grandpa and they're very proud and grandpa will listen and be very proud. And, uh, because that's, that's, that's our, our friends now, you know, that's real.
0: That's true. It's true. My boys, I'm, I'm lucky. We have two young boys and, uh, so I'm still raising them, uh, now. And, uh, uh, the boys always have something that they bring back from grandpa. Um, some little piece of knowledge, some little piece of wisdom They, you know, they really do uh appreciate their time with him so that's wonderful that uh you've got that connection with the grandkids
1: i guess it's because we're both kind of being treated like children you know oh. and, 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 you know like grandpa you know oh, right grandpa, right you know you you be careful don't oh you know like don't be doing anything dangerous don't stand there don't sit there don't do this don't do that so we're like little kids right and uh and so little kids they they relate to us right away no i i i love i love uh my family very much
0: well you you know in the in getting ready for having you on over the last couple of weeks of course i revisited you know who's tommy chong how how you know is he still as big as I remember? You know, what's he been up to? You know, I, uh, I formerly was active in our, um, Pacific Northwest. I'm, I'm talking to you from Seattle, Tommy, by the way. Oh, right. And so I'm in the right. Pacific Northwest and I was formerly involved, uh, you know, in the legal industry around here as we came online and became legal, um, our oh, I-502 nice. cannabis industry. Uh, uh, I think we've seen some of uh, you know, some products branded uh under your company, uh under at least under your licensing or your name sure. uh, in in our market, right? Chong's Choice, right? Yeah. Is that still a brand in our market, yeah, right? It, now? it was a Chong's
1: Choice, now it's Tom kind of Chong. There we it's go. Kind of there we go. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we we had that, but you know, I, I'm I'm kind of curious about how you got involved with the book, uh, you know, because uh that was like a outlier. When I, uh, when Cheech and I, Mm -hmm. uh, when I got out of prison, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the first, one of the first gigs we had was, uh, being honored at, uh, 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 Aspen, Colorado Mm -hmm. at the comedy fest. They used to have a comedy fest every year. Right. And so that was the first time that I, that I saw Cheech actually, and they wanted us to perform. And, uh. And, and, and Cheech was totally out of shape, you know, Cheech and John. He'd been doing Nash Bridges. Okay. <laughs> and, and so he re, he wasn't really that
0: thrilled. Uh, you know, he didn't
1: want to do any of the characters or
0: anything. So he was, like, out of comedy shape. He was out of, like, the, the live yeah. performance vibe shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had
1: been in the TV world. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, <laughs> i remember that
0: era I watched a bit of that show of course growing up I was right the right age for you know his uh you know heyday on TV there for a while yeah for sure so
1: i uh, but I've been doing stand up you know for for years you know? mm-hmm. uh and, and so i went on stage uh you know and Chief was kind of like uh, i don't know just sort of i wanted to stand up there really it's like I had a whole bit about uh, singing, you know, up in smoke. That's where my money goes, and and in there I had I lived the whole line about uh, about Cheech being working with John Don Johnson uh-huh, and becoming uh-huh. a becoming a cop and
0: and, and uh, sure <laughs> sure just a little just a little shot just a little small one right uh,
1: and, and, uh, but it's a song and when you get into a song it's not like stand-up. Stand-up, you can sing. You can stop. You can do so many things. But when you're in a song, you have to finish the song. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and then, then, there so, we go. So I was in the middle of the song, and then I realized that it's not that kind or teach.
0: <laughs> so you started I feeling feel, bad even in the midst of performing it.
1: I, 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 well, I wasn't really bad as much as I was laughing. <laughs> because because he was, he was pacing back and forth behind me, like like uh, he was trapped. He could have left the stage, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but, but we you know we've been, you know, performing so long, <laughs> and that uh, his instinct was to you know to, to stay through to stay up there, and he did
0: good, it, it, professional.
1: It was, it was quite funny, professional. I mean, I don't know how the audience. Uh, Took it, but I was I was laughing my ass off because he, he, he all he had to do.
0: I'm sure they loved was, it.
1: Listen, oh, the audience, they they loved everything. They saw a real moment was,
0: right there. They saw him skewered right there for a moment. It, <laughs> it
1: was kind of weird though, because uh, you know it was a comedy festival, and Cheech and Chong, you know, we we broke so many comedy uh, comedian laws. Yeah. you know unwritten laws. Yeah. you know uh, that uh, that the other comics he will not that thrilled having to uh, put up with Cheech and Chong because you know like comics do you know do ten minutes do five minutes yeah when you get Cheech and Chong up there you're going to be up there for a while because we don't do jokes we do skits we do we do like a little yeah. play yeah you know when you get caught up into and we're we're so used to headlining, you know. that We're not used to these little little uh, flashes of, of, of what they other comics are like, you know. And, and so we we sort of like uh, depends on what the audience. If the audience is going, then we keep going. There <laughs> you so, go. And so we uh, we had a few angry uh, uh, fellow comedians up there pacing oh, back and forth. Yeah. Then we got Cheech pacing back and forth because because I'm out there doing my uh, uh, Don Johnson routine.
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> it was it was quite memorable. And, but, you know, the most memorable thing is that trip to Aspen. Uh, right after we we worked, uh, I, went, I went back to my room, and I get a call, and it's Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey was there, and he was going to be performing the next night.
0: Wow. Cool call and, to get. And,
1: and, and, and so he called me up. And he wanted to hang with me. He mm-hmm. invited me to, to his hotel room. And, and so we got there. And then Catherine uh, Schitt's Creek, what's her name? Catherine O'Hare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was there. And, She's great. Uh, I think that's it. I think just her and I and Jim Carrey. And, uh, and it was the first time I'd really met Jim.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and spent some time with him, you know, and, and Jim is a very, very strange guy. You know, he's
0: he's is he's just super he's, interesting in real life. He's he's he's
1: he he's like those guys that that never they're never off.
0: I, I was gonna I say, so he's always like some, some kind of character, character a little bit.
1: They're always doing
0: stick, you know, uh-huh. doing doing something
1: wow and yeah and they get very nervous when someone else has the floor you know Uh and so so we're all comments we all can do hours Mm you know taking our breath and so catherine O'Hara uh was asking me about prison you know Mm -hmm. and and that made jim really really uncomfortable because
0: it's sure. A subject
1: that that he can't get in, involved into like I can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when I started talking about the sweat lodge, then Jim had we had something in common because he had done the sweat lodge sure. and he'd done the other uh, uh, ritual where they where they uh, put things on your on your chest,
0: cups or something, or one of those kind of no, things. No, no, no you're you Oh, yikes.
1: Oh, sure. The, the whole
0: head suspension head. thing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: He did and, that. And Jim did that. Wow. He
1: also, he also did a, 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 an incredible long fast.
0: Wow. And
1: he had to do it
0: anyway. Wow. <laughs> and, and yeah. Because the sweat lodge did. is no joke. You know, I, I, I'm afraid to... To do a sweat lodge. I know I know how intense those things are I know enough to know that you know a few a well, few good a, you know deep so cleansing breaths are about all I'm really up for most of the time
1: <laughs> yeah what they're doing
0: no exactly like yeah so
1: I, 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 I I ended up doing a whole routine of sweat Lodge on stage and which which did not uh, please the club owner I, the, when I first did it was in Kansas City. And I just gotten out of the out of jail. And so I, I had all the jail material. Which by the way, they wanted me to perform in prison, but I, I
0: refused to. Wow. They did. Of course they did. Yeah. Of course they did. Sure.
1: Yeah, they would love to have me perform at the Christmas show. And and I was kind of tempted, but then when I got there, the warden was trying to be incognito. And uh, he had a hat on. I don't know. Who
0: Interesting. He,
1: who, who he thought he was fooling, you know, he's in everybody knew who the guy was. And so he and so I realized if if I slipped and said the wrong thing on stage, I could end up in the hall because I'm not a civilized you know, I'm not a, a civilian. I'm a, wow. a jailbird. Yeah.
0: I'm, yeah. I'm a convict. Yeah, yeah. they they could just and, actually and so give I, you I, a consequence. I,
1: I, yeah, so I uh I, I never I never went on stage, but it was uh, it was it was quite a trip, you know. Uh, when I started doing comedy again, like in Aspen, it started there. Man, I I I forgot how much I I, I love it, how mm-hmm. much I missed it, you know.
0: Well, so uh, you know, let's uh, let's talk about that for a quick second. You know, um, you asked about. You know how i came upon the idea of kind of looking at the book uh in particular you know and uh you know here you are you're still active you've been i you know i look you've been all over the world and talking to people you know all through straight through 2020. um i don't know uh you know as of the past few months if you're still still dealing with the rectal cancer uh or not um, or well, how well, you're doing right now that. on that. Amazing, amazing, phenomenal. And you've continued to treat things much more naturally than with the the Western medicine approach. Is that the case well, still? Have you done me, like a, a mix? Have you had to deal with it all at this point? They've gone well, in they on you, haven't they? You've had surgery the, before. The problem the
1: problem with Western medicine, yep. it, 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 if you have the money, they will take time to uh to look at your problem that's the problem with most people yeah if you don't have the money they really don't care and they'll just throw anything at you like uh oh yeah here take this and call it you know and
0: yeah.
1: and, and so you don't get the same yeah. care as when you, when you have money because when you have money you have connections because that's what connects mm-hmm. everybody is the money mm-hmm. and, and, yeah and so that that's how i got my uh, uh uh vaccine you know it mm-hmm, wasn't, mm-hmm. be, wasn't because i was old it was because i i had money and i could pay the the growing rate and the rate changed wow. you know went went from a few hundred bucks or a hundred bucks to ten thousand dollars <laughs> you know just like wow uh, uh overnight and but it's you know it's people that are uh, you know looking for a bribe basically uh and and, and i
0: believe so, it i believe it
1: so when you have money uh like like i said you know you can uh, get the best medical care and and that's what happened with me with uh, my rectal cancer by the way see here's here's how it yeah i had prostate mm-hmm. i got it in in prison mm-hmm. now the the prison was built over a toxic waste dump and so everybody guards uh, warns everybody ends up getting some kind of cancer some kind of illness when you do when you're in that that uh environment any length of time so i i had uh that's why i had i had the prostate but prostate cancer er, everybody knows at least what i was told that it's a slow moving cancer Mm -hmm. that uh, they say that you'll die of something else before you die of that but that's old wives tell that's bullshit uh right i'm sure i can get a person when i first got diagnosed i was at a friend's uh, a plastic surgeon friend of ours and and he he was in this office in beverly hills he said oh well go down to the cancer guy downstairs and he'll examine you and he'll let you know whether you got it well i went downstairs and the guy was a a son of a of a a doctor a famous doctor Mm -hmm. he was the doctor Okay. So sun, uh, uh, and they were still using old techniques, like uh, uh, in the, like what I had done eventually. Because we did a research and we got the best surgeon available mm-hmm. for the problem that I had with the rectum. Now the problem, see, I wouldn't have had rectal cancer had they not done a biopsy. They did a biopsy I've heard this of before the, from others the, too. Uh, and, and and what happens when you do a biopsy, you're really freeing cancer right. cells. Right. You're, you're picking them up, and then they examine the, the little biopsy piece that they nailed off you. Oh, and they go, Oh, well, you got cancer. Well, I knew I had cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I didn't need a biopsy yep. to tell me that. Yep. But they they do that,
0: and then uh, if you didn't have it before, you have it now, in a way. Now
1: i got now I got rectal cancer. Now, you can't mess with that. It's a tumor on the rectum. And so that, I had to uh, uh, have a, a top-rate surgeon. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy that, that examined me, he had an old-fashioned way of doing it. And you know what the first thing he read to me, that... Before we did anything, was the, the, the disclaimer saying that this is a very high risk operation, and wow. that if I do that, I absolve the doctor sure. of any sure. damages. And you know, it's like uh, I don't think I think I'll find another doctor. <laughs> and and so that's what Good. I did. Good, so and you actually got, pumped the brakes at that point. I got, I got the best, and what he did there was no cutting he went in there with a computer you mm-hmm. know with a little camera mm-hmm. and they went went in there and he did it remote uh, no 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 huge scar, no no recovery time really fantastic. I mean it was done didn't mess up anything and then I was out. I was out of the hospital within about three days you know that was that was it and then I was, then I put myself right on the weed. Soon as I, I could, soon as I left the hospital, I, I started doing uh, the the flower, and I started doing CBD injections.
0: So and I was it, going to ask it. you a little bit about that. You know, now I've I've heard you talk in the past in, uh, about uh, treating with uh, you know Rick Simpson type oils, full extraction yeah. cannabis oils, Tommy. So um, yeah. when you say now injections, do you mean like a, a hypodermic injection? Of, yes. of CBD,
1: the CB, CBD, right? Wonderful, into the muscle, interesting, right? Right into the butt, and I did that for about a month, and that I think that really hastened uh, my recovery, uh, because uh, within a month, uh, you know, I, I in fact, when I got out of the hospital, my son drove me over to uh, Disney to do some voiceover for uh, uh, Zootopia.
0: Yes, <laughs> I yes, I, I was. I, I hadn't been home.
1: And I, and I recorded the Zootopia bit. Wow! Uh, before before I got home, but it, after the surgery. What what you have to do with yep. with with uh, any kind of illness, especially uh, like cancer or or pandemic or any, anything, is you you got to get the experts, and you got to listen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many of these these quacks. You know that will. What they what they do? They're they're selling pills. They're selling drugs, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. you know. And and a lot of the drugs you don't need, right? You know, because you go to a, a, a real good, high end doctor who's getting paid. A, to see this is a the, the here's the the coin break, is that in order to get good medical attention, you have to make sure you you make it worth the doctor's time. Because if if you don't have that kind of money, then you're going to get shoved to the pill pushers, who are going to just give write you a script because it's uh, usually covered by insurance. Sure, that's the first thing they sure. they, they, they uh, And these things <laughs> are
0: palliative care. We know that type of medicine doesn't cure a disease. You you don't take no. pills to cure a disease most of the time. Uh, if
1: anything, uh, it, 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 give, it makes work for, for the, the, the people. You know, that's why people, you know, you know the, the the thing that came out of this pandemic was that they're close to a, a vaccine for cancer.
0: Wow. You, did you hear that? I haven't heard that. I had not heard yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I heard that. I was late night uh, TV or something, and, and they said that they had promising results because of the testing with the vaccine they've tested on everything and then there's a vaccine that they've been working on that has promising results for cancer wow. and, and 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 i think the promising the most promising is cannabis <laughs> you know that's that's the most promising but the the, the medical profession they don't want to go there no because no. that's a lot of income they're going to lose if it, if it and that's what they're losing now by yeah. the way Well, that's why the government government didn't want to keep the medical marijuana thing going. They wanted to turn it into recreation.
0: And which they they certainly have, haven't they? They really have in almost all cases. Yeah. And that's so they can make money,
1: more money off uh, taxing the the people, the recreational, so-called recreational. But I I know more people that use it for medical purposes than I do that, that, that I know that use it for recreation.
0: I bet. I bet. And I mean, we we both, obviously, you know, you're talking to a friendly, uh, friendly audience here with the uh, cannabis talk uh, on, on that front. But uh, I can speak from personal experience here in the Northwest that we have seen a marked uptake in participation in like new cannabis users by like full fledged adults, people in their thirties and forties who have, really excellent reasons for coming to the plant and yep. exploring it right yep. so um but you know i did manage to get a little uh sidetracked my 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 question did sort of take its root in the uh observations i've already taken from the book and i haven't quite finished it i just got it a couple two three days ago um i i love it by the way and i was attracted to it um, personally, immediately when I found out about it, and I must confess, I didn't know about it until this this uh, opportunity uh, to sit down with you came up, uh, that you had written this. But Tommy, I'm a longtime fan, and I would even call myself a devotee of the Tao Te Ching. Uh, and uh, the I Ching is on my bookshelf here in the house. And so, uh, you know, I, I know when somebody entitles their book something like the i chong that they're going to be coming from a place that i can probably vibe with you know what i mean and uh you know i wasn't uh disappointed in the least um you know things you don't know about me we're we're uh you know i'm a family man here we live in the suburbs though of seattle and so we're not really out in the countryside or anything but we're kind of we're homesteader, prepper, wannabe types. We have a lot of fun with our backyard animals and my wife, we've got, um, uh, chickens and stuff. And, uh, so we've got a little half-assed farm in the suburbs and you open your book, you know, with your childhood, you know, talking a little bit about your time out on the farm. Um, I loved that. I really enjoyed that. Um, and, uh, I enjoyed reading about the pet crow i was sad to hear that your family lost on your move when you had to leave the farm and come back to town so that 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 made me sad uh we we think crows are pretty cool little birds so i bet (laughs) you guys did too so do you still have an appreciation for them uh you know today do you still you know you sort of give them a look when you see a crow and say hey i like you guys you're all right
1: yeah i talk to them all the time that's great
0: Oh, uh, no, that's awesome! Of, there we go. Uh, yeah,
1: they, they because they are they 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 will let you know what's going on in the neighborhood. Yes, they do. You know? Yeah, they do. They're, they're the gossip mongers, you know. Yeah, my mother. You know, I just found out lately uh, that my mother was uh, twenty uh, over twenty percent native. Wow! You know, uh, uh, American uh, Canadian. I you know, north and northern, nice. uh, northern uh, uh, Manitoba. Right and uh and she's out she always had a thing with animals you know oh my god right yeah
0: Uh, you said manitoba of course you're from canada that's right that's calgary right yeah
1: i -hmm. bought a house in uh, malibu Mm -hmm. and uh and she and of course the guy that owned it you know he built it and he lived in it and he had uh, uh he had a couple of dogs you know and he didn't want to you know, but they grew up there, and he didn't want to take him. So he asked me if I would adopt the dogs, and I said sure. And so one of the dogs, little poodle, good man, mm-hmm. uh, and he also had horses. And so one day, one day, um, the poodle—I don't know—he got involved with the horse somehow, and the horse kicked him. Oh yeah, and and, li- and literally knocked his eye out of the socket. Poor knocked thing. his eye out. Aye, aye, and aye. my mother and my mother went over and picked picked up the dog and she put the eye back in the sock
0: good job mom <laughs> wow
1: <laughs> and she she took care of, well of course it was the, the eye was not any really good so they had a half-blind
0: dog oh yeah sure sure so my, sure, he, so sure. my
1: mom so my mommy and my dad they they were just they're that you know they grew up with animals my dad would bring home chickens for us to eat you know we're supposed to eat them Mm -hmm. but they they turned into pets
0: oh that's great
1: that's (laughs) great no one no one could kill them and when they did you know they they didn't kill in
0: front of anybody right 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 oh oh oh, henry
1: henry Henry that oh he may not be coming back you know
0: all our chickens have birthdays around here and stuff they've been around (laughs) for years none of them have made it to the (laughs) dinner table yet you know uh so but uh definitely uh I, I'm enjoying the fact that you've created this for us, and uh, you know one of the uh, most telling passages that I skipped ahead to that I can tell uh, also will give me ample enjoyment to go in and spend the time on is uh, I think it's chapter nine of the book here where you reflect on your first night in the in the pen right in the penitentiary. No. Um, yeah. you know, uh, and I, I had, you know, bookmarked it and, uh, had thought about, you know, reading some of it here for us, but I, I won't, uh, do that to you, uh, now, Tommy, but what I will say is that, you know, as I was reading that passage, I was thinking about, you know, your health at that time, the, the time you had already spent in the public eye, uh, more or less, you know, being a whether you meant to or not like a champion for cannabis normalization yeah. at all you know like i said in my intro literally you and cheech made it possible for so many people to just admit to fooling around with weed yeah. at all ever like dude yeah. man seriously yeah. you're gonna trip on me you know haven't you ever watched a chong movie you know yeah, yeah. uh you yeah, know no, and and yeah. and even at that point in time though when you you like these people as, 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 as many people know and as you've gone into in great detail with amazing interviewers uh, you know, uh, over the years, you were more or less entrapped into this. You go to jail as a full-blown adult, a celebrity, and a person who has been an advocate for the plant for decades yep. at that point yep. in your life. Yep. And, and the, the government that we still live under today, I'm sure you'll agree, you know is willing to continue to criminalize people at yeah. you know virtually any level of society uh yeah. if they choose to do so over this plant um yeah. now but you've also seen incredible progress like we 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 aren't in the perfect utopia of the other side of the super legal cannabis plant where we can all grow it like oregano in our front yards next to our tomato plants, you know, um, in our urban gardens, no matter where we live. Um, but you and Cheech lived for decades in a world where you really did have to treat this completely differently. I'm also myself old enough to remember partaking and being part of, you know, the, the community that would need to procure on the black market right we didn't have legal markets i live in seattle no. now i go to the weed store now you know what i mean i got receipts for my stuff tommy as you yeah, know yeah. you know but yeah. this so we've we have had a lot of amazing progress um on this front uh and i know that you've you know actually paid like a personal price you you were protecting your own family by going in uh, you know, I I understand, right? Like you guys and, and not that your family did anything worse, right? It was your son's water pipe business. You guys yeah. were legally in yeah. business in California, probably paying the state of California plenty of good money and taxes too that they were happy big to take. Money, big money, right? Taxes. So, big you know, money. we all know that this, Cal- you know, California
1: was not the problem.
0: Right. The problem was
1: was Pennsylvania. Right. Pennsylvania was the only problem. Uh, and and when the when they tried to to bust me they tried to get us to ship the bongs to uh beaver falls pennsylvania the home of the dea we uh we resisted and so they had to come in person and i think they put a, an undercover agent in the in the place. right i right. know they yeah. had one for sure right. they had a they had a financial guy come in and uh, actually helped my son with the business but you know the rumor was that we were making billions of dollars selling these bombs of course and so so this financial guy came in and found out that we were running a deficit like crazy and so he (laughs) he actually helped Paris, my son you know how to straighten out the business a bit that's great because we were losing money like like crazy because my my son never had the you know the expertise of, of running a factory and, and so, well, unfair to say so, that any so cannabis
0: industry. It, it, yeah. it was the government
1: that uh, their their policy. You know, the it started with uh, with Nixon. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and and, uh, and it's still here. It's still in there in the books today. It right. was the, the, the governor of uh, Nebraska or somewhere that did one? submit their kids to that evil poison <laughs> right right
0: no we we so, still can't federally you know be in any of our legal cannabis markets and and file federal taxes today for those businesses right so but it's you know it's, it's it's
1: incredible i i think that's what the joe biden uh the weed uh expose you know getting rid of the people that worked there that had uh Previous, com- I, I think it has to do with the, the legalization that's coming
0: Good. around the corner. You I, so you're you're hopeful. Th- that's actually where I was going with that. Is you know, are we going to get there? I hope. You know, I hope oh, we yeah. will be soon too. No, we're
1: we're, we're going to get there, and we're not only going to get there, but we're going to. You, you see, the world has been on a war footing since I was born second world war started in 1938 i was born in 1938 and from 1938 till now we've constantly been at war with someone and the reason why is to sell oil that's the reason why we have wars because when you have a war you need oil for your war machinery now the electric car thank god and now it's going to be electric planes. It's going to be electric everything, and we're going to have robots. So if we do have to go to war, we don't have to send people. <laughs> we can send the robots like the, like they're doing right. with the people now. You know, instead of running in there, they'll send a robot in into a hostage situation now, and and that will t- eliminate wars. Now, if you eliminate the human part of the war, then what are you fighting over? You know, territory. Right. You can always right. talk. You buy it, sell it. You can always do that. You know, you don't have to kill anybody. And and that was that's what we're coming around to. And I think that's one of the reason the pandemic hit. It's like God telling telling us, slow down, quit the global warming, uh, quit the. You know, if you don't, this is what's going to happen. You know we're mm-hmm. going to thin the herd until uh, we're we're back to square one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that's what's that's what's happening now. And as far as and the and the cannabis was always on this planet to teach us. Right. Teach us. It's the it's our our communication uh, with 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 the uh, with the with the plant world. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's how we communicate. With, with everything, because cannabis goes right to the brain, you know. And and think about this. The brain is the only organ in the body that you can't uh, replace. You can replace a lung, you can replace a heart, you can replace a foot, you can replace a, a, a finger, you can replace a penis. Yeah. You can't replace a brain. Why? Because the brain is individually attached to us and so to the soul Mm -hmm. you know there's a connection there and and it's true and and because that's what they say in the hospital clinically if you're brain dead then you're done you know but you can live without anything else but you can't live without a brain you're not you think about the cannabis is the only plant that they discovered you know that acts the way it acts with the brain it makes us more creative it makes us more loving, it makes us more calm, it, it heals the illnesses that are caused in, in a lot of part by the wrongful thinking. You know, because when you're when you're afraid of something, fear, uh your 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 body organs tend to stop working the way they should, you know, because yep. you got a fear yep. thing. You know, in fact, think about it, when you when you're scared or something, the first thing you do, you hold your breath. You, you you hold yep. your breath, and when you hold your breath, the rest of the body goes into shock. They go, oh, what's going on? He's holding his breath. You know, something going on. So so the immune system quits working, and right. so when you're calm, and that's what cannabis does, it calms us. Now the immune system can work, and that's that's how uh, miracles take place. Because once you're calm, once you're peaceful, then you can see. That that we are not alone. Yeah. <laughs> we have angels looking after us, and and that's I love it. What, yeah, that's what we have to, and that's what we're coming into that age. Remember, I don't well before you were born, but the 60s mm-hmm. they called it the age of Aquarius. Mm-hmm uh you know and the age of aquarius that's when you grow your hair long and that's peace love and dope that was our our motto and and so we went through that era. but unfortunately it it came or or the way the world is it's it's a physical world right it came right during the vietnam war that's when the age of aquarius hit yeah. and that's why and that, that's why it hit, because there were the hippies the play were are singing about not going to war not wanting to be drafted not wanting to go kill people right. you know and 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 now we're we're coming back to not only the age of Aquarius but it's the age of, uh, of knowledge you know because it's all the, once once you, your brain is calm then the intelligent people that's how we got the ability to for us to be talking right. to each other through our phones you know, not it wasn't that long ago when, when they said, "Hey, you gonna ha- gonna carry all your music in a little in your phone." Yep. And everybody remember the big boom boxes? Oh yeah. <laughs> People walking around with CDs and boom boxes. Yep. Absolutely. Everything is in the phone now. Yeah. And so we're 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 uh, evolving as humans. And that's what the pandemic was all about is to give us a little kick in the butt to say, this is what you have to do. You have to do these things. You know, you can't be spreading germs. You have to be careful of what you eat, what you touch.
0: We you haven't know? so much in this household. And my wife is just the first to get the shot so far. Uh, she's an educator. So she's a little ahead of, uh, somebody like me in the priority list around here. Um, We haven't, Tommy, had so much as a sniffle between us since the start of this pandemic, since we've been home more, since we've been taking care more, since we've been, you know, where is it, you know, there's always some hand sanitizer, you know, right nearby me, uh,
1: yeah, no food
0: So it's very, uh, and I also was going to ask you if you would agree, uh, if, if you've experienced this yourself in your personal life over this last year, and we're getting close to running out of time, uh, and I don't want to uh, try to keep you over, but uh, for myself during this uh, pandemic, and a lot of my personal conversations with friends and family, um, especially friends who also have families of their own, um, You know that they're raising right now you know their own kids and stuff um we've profoundly enjoyed the deeper connection we've all had with each other through the forced time together um and don't really want to in a lot of ways don't want to go back to the way things were you know saying goodbye at at six o'clock in the morning and not seeing each other until 6 p.m at night or later don't need every to do day that. that kind of thing don't
1: need to do that because what what what, what are you chasing you're chasing the dollar yep. you're chasing stuff but you'll end up like these, a lot of these wealthy people that i know they end up they they don't have the capacity to enjoy life because they're so busy chasing uh, you know the dream mm-hmm. And they're already living the dream. And then they, it turns into a nightmare. There
0: you go. We're already so fortunate. How right. how much more do we need? That's um, right. You know, uh, you, you always seem so grateful for uh, your life. And, uh, you know, as I said, I, I spent the last two weeks plus just watching Tommy Chong interview from <laughs> last year. Tommy Chong interview from 10 years ago. Tommy Chong interview from... <laughs> you know, uh, the early days, you know, revisited as much as I could. And, uh, you know, that consistency is, I'm sure, a lot of what has endeared you to the world for all this time. I think it's probably fair to say, Tommy, that um, all of us have benefited from and are grateful for your enduring relationship with Cheech and we've always cheered for you guys to, uh, remain good friends somehow for us all, right. As an example for us all, uh, over time. So thank you for, uh, doing that for all of us for all this time. Um, I've just enjoyed the heck out of this conversation with you today. Um, and I'm going to really enjoy this. Thank we'll you. I would love that so much.
1: And uh, and yeah, we'll do it again. And maybe uh, next time we talk, I'll have uh, some more, more uh, stuff for you to sell for me.
0: <laughs> oh, Tommy, I, I'd love to uh, give you the opportunity now to make sure that you, you know, let me know what's going on for you right now. Let all of us know where we can see you. You know, are you uh, are you? out in the in the field are you guys touring at all are we going to see you in no, the pacific northwest no, or anything no, at any point in time we're, we're, we're still locked down right uh, uh cheech uh,
1: just finished doing a movie i'm uh uh we're working mainly on opening our cheech and chong dispensaries that, wow. that's that's their focus and and they're going to be around and that's what i'm saying so the next time we talk, we'll, we'll probably uh, be talking at one of our dispensaries, and they're going to be not only dispensaries, but they're going to be kind of like uh, uh, community centers, because I want to uh, oh, wow. involve the community. You know, because yeah, yes, it takes a it takes a, a, a tribe, <laughs> you know, it, it takes does a, a village. It takes a village, and and so what we're going to do is. Uh, are our, our, our dispensaries like now there there are places where people can go get their medicine mm-hmm. and where people can go do their work their job and where people can have uh, uh, reunions and family reunions we're, we're, we're all connected and and so uh, that's that's what i really wanted to to, to to have the people know that Cheech, Cheech and I will always be together. There's no doubt about that. Even love when it. we're fighting, it's worth filming. You know what I'm saying? There we
0: go. There we go. <laughs> Everything
1: we do is worth filming. Okay, man. So,
0: Tommy, thank you. Stop. Thank please you so stop, much.
1: Go. And I love you guys.
0: Cheers, brother. Thank you, and we'll uh, we'll uh, talk to you again soon. Okay. Bye, bye. Thank you, everybody. We're going to enter here. I didn't do much with the chat. Uh, I had to give the man my full attention. I don't know if you had full audio from the very beginning or not. I hope you did. I'll go back and review the stream now. Luckily, if anything was missed uh, from the introduction or anything, for those who come along later, I'll probably upload uh, the full Zoom call recording for everybody for this visit with Tommy Chong. And I do hope we get to have him back. Uh, I did have more. I would have loved to ask him. Uh, but of course, we could probably spend all day with this guy given the chance. Uh, thank you, everybody who did join us today. And thank you, everybody who continues to follow the podcast and be a member of this community. Love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Until then, smoke some indica and do shit anyway.